Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Rutia. It is talent acquisition season. We are eight days removed until signing day uh, on December 20th. So we are here to discuss as much as we can and as much detail as we can uh, eight days before signing day, where things are at with some of Miami's talent acquisition strategy and where things are at with the primary players to know. So let's jump into it, Gabby. And I think that the point, the, the talking point we need to start with is transfer transfer portal quarterback talk. And, um, you know, I know over the weekend there was a lot of frustration with the fan base that there really wasn't any news. We cannot report news that's not there, but it is definitely picked up here at the start of this week um, with, as we told you last week, Miami's top two transfer portal quarterback targets, Will Howard and Cam Ward. Will Howard being the Kansas State quarterback that jumped in the portal, Cam Ward being the Washington State quarterback that jumped in the portal. So Gabby, you you lay it, up, you lay it all out there, just where, you know, what what's happening with those two guys, where things are at, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Will Howard. Let's start. Let's start with Will Howard. I think we need to start w- with Will Howard, the the you know longtime Kansas State quarterback. He got to Miami uh, sometime uh, Monday afternoon. He was on campus by three around three o'clock p.m. So Miami spent basically all afternoon and night with Will Howard. I believe he visited with his mom. Um, so Miami is, and we we've kind of mentioned those are the two top quarterback targets will howard it was the first one that they that they met with on campus at the school and uh all indications kind of coming out of that is is that it, it went really really well and uh i think that will howard is a quarterback that miami is you know potentially prepared to move forward with they like him a lot uh they they i think i kind of view it as a 1a 1b situation with will howard with you know in you know just i think maybe will howard's the 1b uh, not saying that they don't like him and they don't really believe that he could be a, a really good quarterback for them because they absolutely they absolutely feel like mm-hmm. he could. But uh, you know, there's there's more dominoes kind of in play here, uh, just with the quarterback situation. And uh, I, I think really what I took away from the Will Howard visit was that it went really well, and Miami is prepared to move forward with him if if that's what Will Howard wants to do. And if like again, let's maybe let's see how you know, this next quarterback situation comes up, which we're about to talk about. But I think if at the end of the day, Miami lands ends up with Will Howard, I think that they would be very happy about that. So let's go into Cam Ward, because I think it's fair to say he's probably the top target. Yeah. Again, this doesn't speak poorly on Will Howard. And quite frankly, Gabby, Miami's made both parties aware, Cam Ward and Will Howard, yep. that they are dealing with both of their, you know, camps. So Miami's not trying to hide anything, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think it's fair to say maybe both quarterbacks would prefer to go to Miami if if everything you know checks out on their visits, et cetera, et cetera. So anyways, Cam Ward, what's the deal there? Yeah, Cam Ward gets into Miami today on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoon. So it should be another, you know, two or three o'clock arrival on campus. And look, I think, 
you know, we're talking 1A, 1B. I think Cam Ward is that 1A. I think Cam Ward is the ultimate prize, right? But as we know in recruiting, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantee that you're going to get your guy. So I think it's really good of Miami to go after two top quarterbacks. Uh, they went into this offseason or, you know, I guess post-regular season, this middle went this middle period in between, uh, you know, the last regular season game and the bowl game, uh, really prioritizing the quarterback situation. And look, I think that they've put themselves in positions with two really good college quarterbacks. And I think if like what you said, David, like if, if things go really well with Cam Ward and Cam Ward, you know, decides he wants to be at Miami, like I, I expect Miami to move forward with Cam Ward in that situation. Um, but, you know, there's been, you know, other stuff that's kind of floated around with Cam Ward. But to your point, I do think that there is a general sense that both guys are highly interested in playing at Miami and you're seeing that. And and again, I think the transparency is important too. Like Will Howard is aware that Cam Ward is coming, you know, right after him. And Cam Ward is, is aware that Will Howard kind of like preceded him in this visit process. So both are aware of each other. Both know that, that both of them are kind of in play and um, you know, really just checking the temperature on it. Just really right before we jumped on this podcast, I, I, I do, I do feel like they would be happy with either one and uh, it's kind of let's see what happens after these two visits. And I think whoever kind of decides they want to jump on board first uh, might get the spot. But again, I think I do think that Cam Ward is the guy that they would ultimately like to land. Yeah. And I think, I think it's fair to say, I look, I think Miami can win plenty of games with either guy, uh, Will Howard or Cam Ward. I think they both bring an intriguing mobility dynamic that wasn't necessarily uh, something Miami had at quarterback here in 2023. So I like that part of their games, but I will admit I am, I do find the upside of Cam Ward's passing ability to be tantalizing. So, and, and also too, I kind of get the sense that if there's a feeling inside the building that if they can land Cam Ward, it could generate some recruiting momentum down the stretch here leading to early signing day. So that's why I think Cam Ward, I'd give a little bit of the edge to, but I think Will Howard's also a quality option. And again, Gabby, these, these decisions aren't, of course, made in a vacuum. With In terms of competition, you know, a lot of this is kind of secret kept under wraps, et cetera. But it seems like Cam Ward's camp is kind of hyping up Florida State. And reading between the lines, it seems like Will Howard's also kind of talking with USC. Uh, is that fair to say that those programs might be the competition for Miami with each one of those quarterbacks? I guess USC is also kind of in on Cam Ward too, right? Yeah, and it's it's been described to me in a certain into a certain extent like basically there's two quarterbacks for three schools right and i don't even know if like florida state's one of those schools like i'm not even saying it's just in that but you know i think miami absolutely feels like florida state is a contender for um you know or feels like florida state's a school that's kind of in the mix for that cam for cam ward definitely um you know usc's in the mix for cam ward um and you know, I think Ohio State's kind of that school that's kind of like blurry in the background that no one really knows what Ohio State kind of wants to do uh, or what like what their plan is. Like no one really gets a feel for 
what Ohio State was. I think maybe again, just kind of me check you just hearing just some stuff about the Cam Ward, the, some of the background stuff. It almost felt like maybe last week there was a feel that Cam Ward and Ohio State was maybe more of a real thing than it is today. So mm-hmm. I don't know if Cam Ward's situation with Ohio State kind of faded or if it just didn't really come together for whatever reason. But I don't know if Ohio State is as present in the Cam Ward situation as it as they are right now. So I do think, you know, USC's in there. I do think Florida State's in there to an extent too. But I really I, I do get the feel again just on my end that Miami is uh you know a primary primary contender. Like I think Miami's in a really good spot with a guy like Cam Ward. And I truthfully think Miami's in a really good spot with a guy like Will Howard too. And it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of juggle uh, this situation and and where it all ends up. But like, it could be a situation where if Miami gets Cam Ward, like Will Howard goes to USC or, and it's like, maybe, I don't know. So I, I, I think it's just uh, an interesting potential domino effect and Miami's at the, you know, really at the core of it. So I think that it's a good spot to be in, but you got to make sure you land one of these top two guys. Yeah. I think, like in the industry, there's a lot of DJ Uyangalale rumors yeah. to Florida State. So that's something to keep an eye on, too. I do think like Florida State would probably prefer to have Cam Ward. It seems that way, at least. Um, you know, I'm not familiar with the inner workings of that program. But uh, if DJ U goes to Florida State, that's, you know, one domino that falls in, in the quarterback market. Um, so, anyways, is, is there. And, you know, I hate timelines, but is it fair to say, like, you know, look, and and it could be sooner than this, but is it fair to say Miami would like to have their transfer quarterback situation wrapped up by, let's just say, Friday, which would be the start of their official visit weekend for this, you know, last wave of high school visitors that they are trying to make a push for is that fair to say or do you not want to put that type of timeline out there i think it's fair to say that miami would like to get this done right like i think miami would like to have this situation wrapped up sooner rather than later i don't think that they want this just getting those quarterbacks back to back uh you know i think i think you know ideally by friday like you talk about a friday like i think they would like to know which quarterback they have by then I think that would be best case scenario. I would bet that that's like, you know, what they're hoping happens. Uh, but you have to see with these quarterback dominoes because we right. don't know, like it does Cam Ward, like does Cam Ward want to go check out Florida state? Like if he follows through with that, which, you know, let's see if he does, I think that potentially pushes back the timeline or kind of maybe pushes if Miami really wants to get this thing wrapped up before that big high school Will weekend, Howard. do they just pivot straight to Will Howard and be like, all right, you're our guy. Let's do this. Um, right. You know, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see the kind of what what comes next. Right. And like Will Howard might go on another visit. Right. So there's not even there's not even like a definite knowing of like even if it doesn't come together quickly with Cam Ward the way that maybe they'd hope that even Will Howard would be just like a guarantee or like a layup either. Right. Like they would still have to kind of go through that process. So, again, I think I think with the, the the ideal timeline would be yeah like let's say by by friday this thing's done and they're going into the weekend being able to tell all these high school recruits being able to start hitting up transfers and being like hey this is our quarterback let's get this thing rolling you know right. so that that that's my just feel read on that that situation let's stick with the transfer portal miami did have one visitor over the weekend that was a nc state defensive tackle cj clark Um, Tell us about how that went and maybe where things stand now with Miami and Mr. Clark. 
Yeah, Miami's, I think, in a really good spot with CJ Clark, uh, the NC State defensive tackle transfer, six foot three, 305 pounds. Uh, you know, played a lot of nose in that Tony Gibson 335 set. Uh, you know, I think he feels like the four three is probably better suited for what he wants to do. He was really, really, he really liked watching what Miami does on defense, that scheme, how they kind of draw it up. Uh, I think that there's a, a lot of reasons to feel like Miami's in, in a really good spot here. And, uh, you know, timeline, again, I think it's one of those things where I'm not expecting any immediate news. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious if he goes and sees Washington. I don't know if he has gone to see Washington or plans to go see Washington, but that's another school he said was involved. But I know coming out of the weekend, there was plenty of reason to feel good about, um, you know, where Miami stood. And we know defensive tackle is a high priority position for them, especially in the transfer portal and at the high school level, but, you know, really in the transfer portal with them trying to get, uh, you know, experienced guys who they can kind of plug and play into some of these uh, spots that are vacated by Leonard Taylor, Branson Dean. And I think they're they're hopeful that CJ Clark is gonna potentially fill one of those spots. Let's uh let's go to a addition to the high school class with Kendall Jackson, who was committed to Florida, decommitted, I don't know, what last week maybe. Um he jumped in the class kind of by surprise. Go into how this all came about. Attention business owners. Have you filed for the employee retention credit? Do the latest IRS releases have you concerned about your filing? Are you seeking clarity on your employee retention tax credit filing? If you've done your employee retention tax credit filing to a third party and have reservations about its accuracy, turn to the experts at Musarino Furdock PLLC. Their team of experienced tax professionals will conduct a, a meticulous assessment of your filing, ensuring it adheres to all relevant regulations and guidelines. Their rigorous evaluation process will leave no stone unturned, providing you with a comprehensive analysis of your employee retention tax credit submission. There's no hidden fees. They're here to help business owners who may have fallen victim to a third-party scheme. Seek certainty in a complex landscape. Call Musarino Furdock, PLLC, at 561-437-0414 or visit MusarinoFurdock.com. That's M-U-C-E-R-I-N-O-F-U-R-D-O-C-K.com. The holiday season is upon us, and Midway Sports is here to take care of all of your sporting good needs. Check out their wide range of selections for all your golf, pickleball, football, basketball, and baseball needs with a variety of top-of-the-line necessities and accessories to help you look and perform your best on the field of play. All of that located just a mile south of the University of Miami campus. Midway Sports is also there for all of your team uniform needs, whether that be your kids' Little League team or your adult softball team. Tell them Gabby Rudia with Through the Smoke sent you, and they will take 30% off the price of, of the cost of your uniform order. Yeah, uh, this was definitely a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, Miami's had been recruiting Kendall Jackson, you know, when he backed off of that Florida commitment. You know, we wrote that Miami was a school that was in communication. We had heard his name back in October as a name that Miami was still kind of, you know, looking at along the defensive line. Uh, from my understanding, you know, I think there was a, a call maybe a few days prior to his announcement 
of him kind of leading that like, hey, you know, this is a place I would like to play. And uh, again, I, I don't know if they necessarily moved forward or maybe they were just kind of like, let's wait and see maybe where this thing goes. Uh, Kendall Jackson, again, I, I just think Miami has a process, right? We've seen that, David. We see how it how it is on social media. It's usually 7 p.m. ish. Yeah, bat signal from, you know, Dennis Smith, who runs the recruiting department. Uh, you know, we'll see a half an hour before, usually around 6.30 p.m. Eastern for the 7 p.m. announcement. Uh, we didn't get any of that. It was uh, like a 2.30 p.m. drop. Uh, no no uh, indication from the staff that anything was coming. Um, no immediate sort of like acknowledgement of the commitment, which I thought was just you know, kind of confusing. Like I, I, it just, to me, it just, to me, it felt like this caught everyone like off guard. And I think it absolutely did. And, you know, again, after deliberating, I think they decided, Hey, yeah, let's move forward with this. But, uh, you know, I think that there's, you know, of course, still some time until signing day. I think that they're still going to continue to talk about Kendall Jackson and what this class looks like. Like we've talked about, and we're going to get into it on this podcast, like how much work Miami still has left to do in this 2024 class. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, they they you know Kendall Jackson is committed to Miami. He's a member of Miami's uh, recruiting class right now, and look, he, he has some he has some traits. He's a young guy. He's young for his age. Uh, he's someone that uh, that I think has tools. You know, he has size six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds. Uh, so I think it's it's a he's a he's a good promising body type uh, along the defensive line, which we know Miami wants to throw as many bodies to that room uh, as they can. So let's get into. I want to talk about the remaining high school players that that you know Miami is trying to work here as they look to close strong. Some of the names to know, whether they they are still names to know or not. Um, but but before we got we dive into each individual name, Gabby. It seems like from my perspective, you know, look the the transfer portal opened. What was it, December fourth? I forget the exact day. Um, and a lot of the focus around the country was on transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal. It's been a little bit of a slow drip for Miami in the transfer portal outside of quarterback. And uh, you mentioned CJ Clark as one defensive tackle. It does seem like Gabby that Miami is still putting most of their focus into closing out this high school class with really, really talented elite prospects. Is that fair to say? Is that your read that most of their focus right now is still on high school, then they'll get through this early signing period and then maybe attack the second wave of the transfer portal in early January or so, um, you know, throw the numbers then at the transfer portal. I, I think absolutely the focus and, and you got to think about it this way. And I think Miami's you, like you look at programs across the country. I don't think that there are many. I'm sure there are some. Uh, or, you know, there, I'm sure there's a good chunk, but Miami is one of the schools that has like the most work still to do to kind of finish off this high school class the way that they would like. Like, I mean, there's a ton of, a ton of players that are still kind of in play. There's still a bunch of names that Miami's still trying to kind of get on board. So yeah, I, I, I think when the, Miami spent the last what year, year and a half recruiting a bunch of these guys, probably longer. And right. I think that there is still that, you know, very in. I, I think they they are still 
very, very focused on building that high school class. And I think that's always going to be the priority is making sure your high school. Yeah. It's making sure that your high school class is as good as it could possibly be. So I do think that there is still a focus because you don't know, you you still don't really know yet what exactly you're getting at the high school level. So it's hard for you to kind of go into the transfer portal, maybe plug in certain pieces yet, because you still feel like there's a lot that you need to figure out at the high school level. Um, and that comes with different things, right? Like, I mean, I think it's, I think there's just, uh, you know, what, I mean, won't really get into just that whole aspect of it, but there's a lot that you need to figure out there. So, yeah, I mean, just to answer the question, I, I think that the high school recruiting aspect of it is still at the forefront of what Miami's doing alongside, you know, a guy like CJ Clark, who's at a position of needed defensive tackle, the quarterback situation, I think right. is probably the exception of just like, that might be the only thing that's more important than this high school recruiting weekend, which again, right. I think is why they are trying to get it done. Right. Like, I think that's why they're trying to, they're trying to get, they got Will Howard on a Monday, Cam Ward on a Tuesday, and ideally get that thing wrapped up so that when you go into this high school recruiting weekend, you have something to pitch and be like, this is where our program's going. This is who's leading it. Like we're going to, we're going to take those steps. So, yeah. I I agree with that approach as long as you're chasing elite high school players, which they are. So you chase elite high school players. I like that plan. And then you pivot to transfer portal in that quote unquote second wave in January that could, could be coming. So let's get into these high school players again, eight days before national signing day in this December window. Um, and Gabby, we'll kind of go down the list for the most part in the order of their ranking. So, Let's start with the number one overall player in the country, Mr. Five-star wide receiver Jeremiah Smith. He is still committed to Ohio State. Of course, goes to Shamadad Madonna Prep in Broward County, 6'3", 200. What do we need to know about this one? You know, there's a lot of Florida State buzz here. There's a lot of still, you know, could stick with Ohio State buzz. Miami seems to be kind of just lurking in the shadows, though. I mean, definitely lurking in the shadows, uh, I don't think that internally they feel like they're out of it at all. Like, I don't think Miami's kind of thrown in the towel here and be like, oh, well, if it's Florida State or Ohio State, like not at all. And we talk about the importance of kind of again circling back to the transfer quarterback situation. If Miami were to figure out their quarterback situation and let's say they do go get a Cam Ward. Like mm-hmm. I think Miami has the now has the most attractive situation in 2024 to present to jeremiah smith right like miami i mean colby young is in the transfer portal uh so not only is his number four open but that position that he would potentially walk into is now vacant and open for competition i didn't think about the number thing that's interesting yeah right i mean it's just stars aligning right here right no i'm just kidding um but uh you know i think miami feels like if they go get a cam ward type or even the will howard i mean just a, a good college quarterback that they could present to him i think that they feel like that would just be just an extra layer that they kind of maybe that jeremiah smith is missing with miami it's just who's the quarterback like what, what does this look like uh i think from a production standpoint uh i think that there's a lot of angles that miami can kind of take as far as selling that you know this is a better situation than even Florida state, Florida state just had one of the most explosive, you know, one of their best offenses that they've had in a long time there. And I don't think either one of their, I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, David, I mean, Keon Coleman is projected to be one of the top receivers in the draft. I don't know if he had more than 40 catches or he was like in the 40 catch range. Miami had two guys that were, yeah. look, I mean, recruiting is a perception game. 
for sure. There's no doubt Florida State's receivers are very talented and going to yeah. be NFL players. But Miami's receivers had more production this year. Right. That is what it is, right? So in this in this um, perception game that is recruiting, that's definitely a selling point. Yeah, and I think that that's an again, and I think when you talk when you go to Jeremiah Smith and say we we got better at quarterback, we have the same offensive system, and you're an elite player. Like, what can you do in this system? Right. And we're already that's doing this with guys that maybe aren't. I mean, that aren't as talented as you are. So uh, I think that I think if Miami. Hand, figures out that quarterback situation uh, quickly and and gets their guy. I I think that that changes things in the Jeremiah Smith recruitment. So I know everyone's talking about Ohio State and Florida State. But maybe it plays out that way. I'm not saying it won't, um, but I don't. I, I think counting Miami out right now. Again, I think we've kind of seen this before, where other recruitments have kind of played out in similar ways, and uh, Miami is always kind of quote unquote lurking in the background. And then by the time we're getting closer to the commitment date, it's like, oh man, Miami's actually really in right. the thick of this thing and it's just i feel like this is just a, a similar situation narrative. it feels yeah. like a common narrative and it's like are we going to kind of keep doing this thing again uh, i think miami's absolutely in the jeremiah smith recruitment and uh i'm not i'm not counting them out at this point especially if they go out and get their quarterback would you expect him to pop in on campus at some point by the time the contact period closes I don't know this, so I'm not like reporting this, but I would imagine it's easy for him to get down here. Like, and yeah. how many times like has he he's been down here and no one knows he's down here? Like, Correct. I would not. And he's There's saying, been times "Oh, I'm not that taking we more." We haven't reported that he's visited. Right, so. and he, and it's not like it's it's just pop. It's getting in a car and driving half an hour south. You know, it's not it's not like a crazy visit visit or any of that stuff. And I think Miami could easily get him on campus. You know, at right. some point over the contact period, it could be late Sunday night. Like Miami could like he right. could drive down at six p.m. on Sunday and spend three hours and it closes on campus at midnight. At midnight, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I, I remember when when Cyrus Moss visited that he did the short USC visit and then pivoted to Miami. He was at Miami. I think he was with the Miami coaches till like eleven p.m. or something that night. Like something crazy. Like he was there for as long as he could have possibly been. Like it's. I just think to rule out something like that, saying he's not going to take another visit, it's just like okay, like maybe he won't drive or he's not going to fly to Columbus or he's not going to drive five hours to Gainesville or six and a half to Tallahassee. But when Miami's 25 minutes away and you tell me Cam, if they get a guy like Cam Ward on board or a guy like Will Howard on board, that he's not going to come, you know, kind of talk things over one more time. Like, I don't know. To me, I would bet against him not coming down to Miami at least one more time and hearing from those guys. All right, let's go at a little quicker pace. We got Ellis Robinson now, the Georgia commit, five-star corner, number three overall player in the country, IMG Academy. He goes 6'1", 185. Miami's been chipping away at this yep. all cycle. Um, what's what's going on there? Yeah, I think I think uh, you know, I think my I think there's a, a window, right? I, I do think that Miami has been chipping away. I think Miami has been able to meet with Ellis Robinson during this contact period. I think they've been able to, you know, have some really productive conversations. Uh I, I think Miami, again, we've always talked about if someone's gonna flip Ellis Robinson from Georgia, it's gonna be Miami. I still feel like that's the case. If he's not gonna go to Georgia, he's gonna to go to Miami. And I don't know what's going on at Georgia. Weird it seems like I mean, Georgia's going through a little funk right now. 
um, you know, just, I mean, Rayola's kind of headed out. There's like kind of like uncertainty with Carson Beck. Like, I feel like if Ellis Robinson does want to look around, his position coach and Fran Brown is now the coach at Syracuse. I think if, again, I think if he makes a late decision, a late pivot to not go to Georgia, I do feel like it would be Miami. And again, I know that they've had really good conversations and some productive meetings. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying they're going to flip him, but I think that there is a window for Miami to get into the Ellis Robinson situation. Yeah, five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola getting some crystal balls for Nebraska. And anytime number one quarterback in the country flips like that, it can be unsettling to a class in general. Not saying that that, that Georgia's class is going to fall apart or anything, but it does, you know, open, like you're saying, open a window to go poach some players, potentially. Uh, five-star defensive end Dylan Stewart, currently committed to South Carolina, number 16 overall player in the country. Friendship Collegiate Academy in Washington, D.C. He goes 6'5", 235. You know, I think this one's kind of been hot and cold for Miami. Um, yeah. Where are things at right now? Yeah, it's... I, I, I'm not... I know Miami's been trying. I know Miami's been working that one right now. Uh, they've been working on it for a while. I'm not sure if this is one of those things that gets done. To me, this would be like... A, if it, this gets done, I think it would be like a signing day stunner type of thing. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's probably the best read I have it have on it right now. All I know is what I've kind of known and which I would have kind of relayed either on this podcast or on the site that Miami is, you know, they have been talking with Dylan Stewart and they have been working that recruitment uh, pretty hard uh, since even since he committed to South Carolina and they've had conversations relatively recently, you know, even by the, at the time that Justin Scott flipped from Ohio State to Miami. So I'm not like ruling out Dylan Stewart right now, but to me, that would be like a, a surprise if that were to kind of complete. Armando Blunt, who's a five-star, according to the composite, he's currently committed to Florida State. He's out of Miami Central, reclassified from 2025 class to this 2024 class. He goes 6'4", 250. This one's kind of been a a back-and-forth battle Mm. between Miami and Florida State here since, what, September-ish? I don't know. Um, Again, currently committed to Florida State, but Miami's chipping away, too, at it. What's your read here? My read right now is that, I mean, this could go uh, truthfully. I feel like it can go either way. Uh, Miami's had some good, I mean, they, those visits reset every week. So I think at this point, Miami's probably had three in-home visits with Armando Blunt. Only one could be with Mario Cristobal. That was last week, but uh, Ed Pata, who is a defensive uh, staffer, I think it's a senior defensive analyst, has been on the road for Miami, helping him with some of the guys that he's been you know, working hard on recruiting, like Derek Claus, Juan Manaya. Armando Blunt is the guy that he's been working on most over the course of the cycle. And uh, he was able to kind of get into his living room alongside Jason Taylor on Monday. I think that visit went really well. It seems like he's saying the right things about Miami. Um, it seems like uh, he's also saying the right things about Florida State. To me, what I'm looking at most with Armando Blunt, which I think is just going to be the tell, is which school does he visit this weekend? Because I don't believe he's used any of his official visits. Uh, Florida State has him scheduled for an official visit to Miami. I don't think many would be shocked if he comes to Miami for an official visit. And I think whichever one of those two schools he lands at this weekend has probably the inside track to land his commitment. Maybe he splits something up. I don't know. That would be hard for me to see happening. But uh, I, if I were betting on how this thing goes, he goes, he picks one of those schools to go to. And I think that's probably where he ends up signing. So uh, I know mine is working really hard to get him down to Coral Gables or just, you know, just a little, again, short drive down. 
uh, to kind of spend the weekend around the staff and so that they can kind of put the finishing touches on flipping him back to this Miami class after Florida State flipped him just a couple months ago. So high priority defensive line target. And I think uh, Miami definitely has a path to getting this done. Four star defensive back, Zay Mincy. He goes 6'3, 180. Miami likes him at corner. Uh, he goes out of Daytona Beach Mainland High School, number 57 overall player in the country. Where are things at there? I think Miami's in a really good spot with Xavier Mincy. Uh, just kind of going through this whole process. Uh, again, Miami's had some really good uh, meetings and home visits with his, with Xavier Mincy. Uh, I, I've liked where Miami's been sitting in this recruitment for a long time now, and I think Miami's still in a really good position. Uh, you know, Florida's going through, you know, some staff changes with Corey Raymond out and, you know, having to do deal with, you know, all that type of turnover. Um, I'm not sure how much – I know Florida State, I think, had like – a miniature kind of wave and then they took Kai Bates and I don't know how many more DBs they're going to take, but I'm not sure Florida state is like a deep, deep contender. Alabama's a school I'm looking at too, but I really think, uh, you know, Miami has the clearest path to potentially landing Xavier Mincy. We're not going to know where he is definitely going until the all American bowl. Uh, that's in early January. So we're going to have to wait a few weeks post signing day to hear what Mincy's intentions are. But right now uh, I think Miami is to me, it feels like Miami's in the best spot uh, to potentially land him. And I think, you know, he's been a guy that they've been chasing around for a long time. Darius Hayes, the Florida commit linebacker goes six, four two ten at a Largo high school, number 70 overall player in the country, according to the composite. Miami's plan has always been to get Adarius Hayes in for an official visit the last, you know, as, as late in the process as possible. Uh, they still have that official visit in their back pocket. And uh, I think that, again, it's worth watching whether Adarius Hayes takes, goes ahead and takes this last official visit to Miami. Um, Miami has, you know, continued to kind of chip away there. They've done the in-homes. Uh, they, they've continued to kind of have that, that relationship, that report that has been kind of in place just really since uh, linebackers coach Derek Nicholson has been at Miami. Uh, he's highly prioritized Darius Hayes. So um, I know Miami's kind of going all in there, and I think it's going to be worth seeing whether or not he shows up this weekend. I think that there's a chance that he does. Running back Jordan Lyle committed to Ohio State currently. He is out of St. Thomas Aquinas, six foot 180. Number 151 overall player in the country. What's going on here? Yeah, Miami was at St. Thomas Aquinas on on Monday. Um, you know, multiple staffers deep. Uh, from my understanding, Mario Cristobal was there with Kevin Beard, Lance Gidry, uh, Tim Harris Jr., uh, Jamila Die, the the cornerbacks coach, and uh, you know, they all had a really productive, you know, sort of sit down with Jordan Lyle, with the Chance Robinsons, with Ryan Mack, Romanos Frederic. And uh, coming out of that, uh, you know, getting really good feedback about where Miami's kind of sitting with Jordan Lyle. They've been in a good spot, got him on, got him to Hard Rock Stadium three times. Uh, they're expected to get him into, get him down for an official visit this weekend. And uh, again, I still think Miami's in a really good spot to to potentially close on one of their top running back targets. Cornerback Xavier Lucas, he's currently committed to Wisconsin. He's out of American Heritage Plantation, 6'1", 185, cornerback. He's a three-star, but he's kind of on that bubble of a three-star, four-star type of prospect. Um, what's the deal here? Miami loves Xavier Lucas. Another one, they went in home again with him on Monday night. Uh, and I think just kind of coming out of that, 
Uh, it seems like there is an official visit kind of set up for this coming weekend, which is a good sign. Miami's fairly limited on the amount of official visits that they kind of have left. So I think they're utilizing these spots very carefully. And I think they feel like they need to have a very high hit rate, uh, if not a perfect hit rate on some of these official visits. So if they're bringing a kid in for an official visit, I think it's very telling about where they kind of stand, especially at this stage of the process. Xavier Lucas is committed to Wisconsin. He's been committed to Wisconsin since the summer months. And uh, I think Miami's going to make their final push to try to flip him from the Badgers. They, they, they like him a lot. And uh, they're hoping they can get him into this class. And again, I think Monday was a productive in-home meeting. And let's see if they can finish things off over the weekend and potentially get him to sign on Wednesday. Quarterback Cedric Bailey, he is currently committed to NC State. He's out of Shamanah Madonna. He is Jeremiah Smith's teammate. He goes 6'7", 185. He's a three-star with an 88 rating. Miami, of course, has Judd Anderson committed. What's your feel on if they'll make a push here to add a second quarterback to this class? I think that it's still, um, you know, to me, I'm still kind of in a, like a, like maybe like a 50, 50 kind of zone here. Like I'm still kind of waiting and seeing where this Cedric, this Cedric Bailey things thing is kind of going. Uh, you know, I do, I do think they want Cedric Bailey. I think that they're absolutely willing to take in Cedric Bailey and invest in him, you know, over the next few years and kind of see where he's at. He has kind of, I think, doubled down on his NC State commitment. He's made it known publicly on his social media that he's locked in. What does that really mean in today's right. day and age? Uh, who, again, it's, I think maybe it's not like a blanket thing. Some kids mean it totally other kids. It's just like, stop bothering me about this. So let's just kind of quiet right. the noise i still think there's kind of a there's there's still in a kind of uh you know I, I i'm personally still in like wait and see mode with cedric bailey again i think it's going to be i'm curious to see if he shows up to campus at any point this week or if he even comes for an official visit at the right. you know over the weekend and i think again that'll be uh very telling to see where he's kind of see where he's kind of sitting right now tight end benji blackburn is committed to stanford he is at a Miami Columbus High School. He goes 6'6", 235. He is a three-star prospect. What's the deal here? I think he's going to go to Stanford. Uh, I think Miami was just maybe a little bit late to the party. I think he's a good player, uh, you know, but right now, uh, I know Miami's still been trying. Uh, but again, I think they're being very careful with these official visit spots. And uh, just my read on the situation right now is that I think they expect Benji Blackburn to go to Stanford. Uh, I expect him to go to Stanford. Uh, some people around him expect him to go to Stanford. So I think that's just the way that's kind of trending right now. Danas White is a defensive tackle from Jay Robinson High School in Concord, North Carolina. He goes 6'4", 327. Miami was kind of chipping away there here in the fall as it looked like they had to maybe go down a tier for a defensive tackle. Then they got Justin Scott and then... Uh, they were surprised here recently by Kendall Jackson's commitment. So numbers are fine on paper, at least right now at defensive tackle. Um, where are things at now with Denos White? Uh, Miami went in home with him. Uh, I don't think it's going to go. I don't think it's going to materialize much past that. He's at the Shrine Bowl uh, this week. Uh, that's like the I think what is that the North Carolina versus South Carolina All Star game that they do. Um, and he told. Andrew Ivins that he has no more visits set up. So I think I think he got a Florida State crystal ball uh, mm -hmm. from Zach Blostein, uh up at Knowles 247, and it seems like that's where he may be headed. Defensive tackle David Stone, five-star prospect. Miami was really pushing for. Um, committed to Oklahoma. Miami was right there, but he, he ended up going to Oklahoma. 
number nine overall player in the country. He's out of IMG Academy, of course, 6'4", 275. Do you hear anything with him? I, I, I haven't. Uh, you know, I think to me why I think you have to kind of keep David Stone just in the mix is just because of how much they how much time and energy they, they put into recruiting. I think you have to consider how much the family loves Miami. And again, this is kind of maybe in that Dylan Stewart category of just who knows what happens on signing day. Like I'm not putting it, I'm not saying that this is happening at all, but uh, you know, I think you have I think Miami, you know, could always just make like one final at the end of the kind of line, like push like, hey, like, come on, let's do it. Whatever it is, you know that the family is in support of Miami and just kind of see where the cards fall. I don't know that that's going to happen and I'm not expecting that to happen. But I just think, uh, you know, just considering how that David Stone recruitment went, it's worth kind of, you know, just mentioning his name as someone who who knows could be a stunner at the finish line. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later, and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation, and Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at torreslionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. So give me two, maybe three, if you want to get go three, but give me two names that right now, again, we're eight days out. A lot can change in these eight days till signing day, but give me two or three names that you feel like you're watching personally and being like, okay, I feel really good about Miami's chances with these two or three guys to close things out. Yeah, I'll I'll start with Jordan Lyle. I feel good about Miami's chances to flip him from Ohio State. I think that Miami's in a great position to do that. Uh, I'll I'll drop you Xavier Mincy. I do again. I I really do think that Miami's in the best spot to potentially make something happen there. I I do mm-hmm. think that there's a window for Miami. I think Miami's potentially the leader uh, in that recruitment. And um, one more that I feel 
pretty good about at this point that I feel like they're again, I, I just think that I'm not saying I think that this is definitely gonna happen, but I feel like it could is uh, a Darius Hayes. Like I do think, I don't know. I'm, you know, I think that there's some things with a Darius Hayes that could potentially lead to Miami landing him. Uh, so I'm curious just to see what develops next. Cause I still think that there's a route. Like I still think that there's ways to go there, but I, I see, I see the Avenue and I, I think that it could potentially work out in Miami's favor. I would honestly, I would probably say Xavier Lucas too. Um, but that's a lot of corners and you have Ellis Robinson in there too. So I, I think the corner situation is going to be pretty fun to watch kind of unfold. If you could potentially get a guy like Ellis on board with Xavier Mincy, and then you have Xavier Lucas plus what you have on board now. I mean, that's going to be a, a fun one because they like all of those guys a lot. If I had to pin you down with a five-star close, you have to pick one five-star that you feel like Miami has the best shot at closing with. So that would be Jeremiah Smith, Ellis Robinson, Dylan Stewart, Armando Blunt's a five-star on the composite, composite and stone. Yeah. If you had to pin me down, um, I would probably right now go with Armando Blunt. Um, okay. I do. I, I do think that, you know, I, I do, again, I do think that they're battling. I mean, they're, I, I think they're really battling and I do think that Miami can potentially get him on campus this weekend. Like, I'm not saying that they are, but I think that they feel like they can. Like, it could happen. It's something that's been discussed. So it seems like, uh, you know, let's see where he goes. Like, if he had, if Armando Blunt's at Miami this weekend, I think that that's a – I think that tells you what you need to know. So uh, let's right. see. I'm very, very curious to see where he ends up. So I, I was playing with the class calculator a little bit, Gabby, just to try and come up with a close. And again, this, this assumes that there's no like major decommits from Miami's class, but let's say there's no major decommits. I do think some decommits could happen, but as long as it's not like one of the high, high, highly ranked guys that is committed, um, I think nothing will really change with their ranking, et cetera, et cetera. But let's just say hypothetically, uh, you know, this is according to the class calculator. If Miami is able to flip Armando Blunt, so they get one more five-star at the buzzer, let's say they add Lyle, and let's say they add Zay Mincy. So they just close with those three players, hypothetically. That would give Miami a class score of 295.53, and that would be a top-five class the last three cycles. Um, some year, like one year, I think it was third, one year it was fifth, one year it was fourth. So uh, on paper, according to recent previous classes, that's enough to get a top five class for the Hurricanes. I think too, look, it depends as well as how uh, on how FSU closes, but that score, 295.53, would put Miami in contention to be the top class in the ACC. Last year was the first time Miami signed the top class in the ACC during this 24-7 sports era, which goes back to the 2011 cycle. So to do that in back-to-back -back classes would mean, you know, look, on-field results are going to be coming as these talented uh, classes continue to stack on top of each other. So, you know, just the, that type of close with those three kind of cements Miami in a, in a top five position. Um, you know, you add a Darius Hayes to it, or you take Blunt out and you add a Darius Hayes, I think it probably cements a top seven-ish class for Miami, which again is is another strong class. I don't think in the 24-7 sports era, Miami has done 
back-to-back top 10 classes either. So that would be the first time they would have accomplished that. Um, and then of course, too, like you can play with the class calculator and come up with some insane scenarios where let's say Miami closes with Jeremiah Smith, Ellis Robinson, those guys we mentioned, they would then prob like if Dylan Rayola flips and if I was going to say Ellis Robinson flips, then you're looking at Miami pushing for a number one spot. Look, that's probably highly unlikely. And that's like dream, dream, dream scenario. We got to draw out the dream scenario. I want to see, I was thinking about that before. Like what's the path to a number one class and it would be Rayola flipping Ellis flipping Jeremiah flipping Lyle flipping. Like what, what, what would be the domino effect of all that? Right. So it would have to be nuts. Right. And again, this is not all in a vacuum because who knows, like if, if Rayola flips from Georgia, does Georgia just go and get, I don't know, the third best quarterback in the country. So like, you know, there's Aaron Nolan. There's a lot of dominoes still uh, that fall and uh, recruiting talent acquisitions, not in a vacuum. So anyways, with all that said, we'll, we'll get out of here on that. Uh, just wanted to provide a quick kind of heat check update here on where things are at. This can all change by the minute this time of year. Uh, but we wanted to provide the best information we could at this time. Again, this is a big couple days here for the quarterback transfer portal talent acquisition. So check out the website. Gabby's all over it inside the U.com. Uh, I would take advantage right now. It's a big deal whether Miami can close with uh, Cam Ward or Will Howard. Big deal for the trajectory of the program in 2024. So uh, we'll get out of here on that. Appreciate everyone for listening. Thanks again to our sponsors. And until next time, take care.